It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. From, from page to screen. Hello. Hello. Good evening. I missed this. I, I miss, I've, <laughs> a simpler time. I have genuinely missed just doing an audio podcast. So, you know, this may be the future. I think I may go back to that. <laughs> I'm sitting there putting a headset on. I've got a hot water bottle on me. I'm dressed in what I can only describe as something a Yeti would probably wear. I'm me sh- too. <laughs> I'm sure you are the same because uh, for those not in the UK, it's fucking freezing over here in the UK. It's chilly. Winter is here. <laughs> it's not fun. <laughs> so, yeah. So, why do you realise it was the 21st of October that the last podcast that you and I did went online? And that was the one where we chatted about apocalyptic movies, which was a good show, by the way. So It was. Um, I can't remember if I put... Yeah, I did obviously put that one online for the audio because otherwise I wouldn't have known what date it was. But <laughs> we, we've tried our hand at video podcasting. I think it kind of worked. But um, I really, really wanted to entitle this episode Fuck YouTube. <laughs> Just cause, cause There's still time. There is still time. And you know what? It may happen, but they've just, they've just annoyed me again today. So... Um, for those of you who do not know, uh, I'm going to introduce me and you because I never do introductions. I, I mean, I, have, I always know who I am and who you are, but obviously at some point people are going to listen to these podcasts for the very first time. And I, am, I became conscious that I never <laughs> introduce either of us. Uh, <laughs> so I am Stuart Bannerman from page to screen on pretty much any platform. And I'm speaking with the wonderful Robert Dyer, uh, are you going under That's Pop Culture now? or I'm That's Pop Culture, I'm Sci-Fi News, and uh, I'm everything in between. See, that will perfectly align into the topic that you have no idea what we're going to talk about in a little <laughs> bit, but you've just walked right into the bear trap. Oh, um, dear. Yeah, so, yep, you're Rob. Uh, we've known each other for a whole bunch of years. I have been trying to crack the YouTube nut for a while, and I know you have... Just getting to that point where you know what? Yes, they'll monetize the channel. It'll be amazing, and we'll make like ten pence every month. But so what? That <laughs> ten pence every month will be earned, and the blood, sweat, and many, many tears that we've put in, we will be successful. And we'll go. Do you know what? I earned that ten p. Yeah, it's amazing. So we go back to like October or something. Probably no, actually before that. Probably about September when the little button popped up on my YouTube channel going. Do you, want to, uh, do you want to apply to be monetized? And I'm like, but I've not quite hit the 4,000 hours, but I'll give it a go because then maybe I could do the super chat thing and maybe people will throw some money in. Yeah, why not? I'll, I'll apply for that. I've got 1.7 million views on my channel. I've got over 1,000 subscribers. So surely shouldn't be much of a problem. So I applied and they came back and they went, nah. What do you mean? No. And anybody, anybody who's ever applied to, to do anything with YouTube, you, 
I don't want to say I'm having a conversation with them because they don't do conversations, do they? No, not at <laughs> they, all. They're, they're one step away from Joaquin Phoenix and Gladiator with a thumbs-up, thumbs-down routine. And to be fair, it's probably a good uh, description of them. So they came back with a thumbs-down and went, nah. And all they said was reused content. So I'm like, okay, but my channel is a publicity channel for film trailers and my own content stuff. So surely they're mistaken. Would you like to appeal? Yes, please. Please record a video appealing. Brilliant. So I did that, and they came back with, uh, yeah, no. But you can try again uh, at the beginning of November. So I'm like, oh, okay. Reuse content. What could that be? It's probably going to be the film trailers, right? Okay. So I did a ton of work on getting rid of a lot of the trailers on my channel that just didn't really have a lot of views. And I thought, sort of get rid of them. So I got rid of them all. It didn't affect my viewing numbers, which was fine. And then I took it from 500 trailers, I think, down to something like 98, which was just, that's a lot. That's a lot of content to delete. Oh, yeah. And uh, the day came and you went, do you want to apply to monetize? I'm like, yes, please, because I've tidied my channel up and it looks great. I was like the puppy wagging his dog, wagging his tail. <laughs> yes, let, let, <laughs> yes, please, let, let, let me do it. So I did it and he went, yeah, no. Okay, Why? Reuse content. Okay, well, I've taken it down from 500 trailers to 98. So, I, so I, I was a bit more mad with them, shall we say. And he went, do you want to appeal? I'm like, yes, please. So I sent a nice little video in, appealing like mad. And they came back and went, nope. So I'm like, right, <laughs> fuck them. I'm just going to delete every single trailer that is on my YouTube channel. I'm going to get rid of it all. So I did. It went from... Uh, I don't know how many videos, well over a 1,000 at the beginning, down to 425 or something. It's currently on 430 at the minute. So my viewing figures went from 1.7 million to 165,000. <laughs> so that, that, was how, that was how much content I obliterated. So then I started doing more video podcasts, including the ones with yourself, like the apocalyptic mm -hmm. movies. Stu Miller and I did one where we chatted about the Halloween franchise and you know stuff like that. And I would see the numbers going up. I did an interview with Jake West last week, and uh, the numbers were going up. And then the numbers started going down on the actual video. So I'm like, what the fuck? And uh, in the past 24 hours, I've watched... The video that I did with Jake West on Monday, it got up to 29. This is all within the past 36 hours, let's say. It went up mm -hmm. to 29, dropped to 12, went up to 19, went up to 22, dropped to 20, went down to like 13, and it's now at 18. <laughs> In 36 hours, it's like, I'm not having that. So I went online and I'm like, if there is any substitute to YouTube, for the love of God, just... You know, there should be because YouTube are a joke. And then the YouTube help people came back and said, oh, uh, numbers dropping is fine. It's perfectly normal. Brilliant. So I just thought, you know what? Fuck them. I'm just, I'm still <laughs> going to put stuff on YouTube, but I am not going to put as much effort into them because they just, they do not help creators they really do. if you're a huge channel i'm sure they're fine because they're making the money off your adverts and stuff but if you're trying to get your foot on the ladder they couldn't give two monkeys paws well you well um you know forgive me if i get the uh the username wrong and everything but i think i'm right in saying over the last few weeks they had uh somebody called sniper wolf oh the sniper who... wolf aka arsehole 
Yeah. Who, um, yeah, went and filmed another creator's house and home address. While his wife and kids on, were in it. Yeah, stuck it on YouTube. And YouTube said, oh, yeah, you know, we're, we're, we're going to make you do a little bit of training and stuff. Yep. Well, Sniper Wolf was making Whereas a fortune from the video. You, we'd get kicked off. We'd be banned, yeah. Yeah, we'd be banned. I mean, that sniper that was crazy, that whole Sniper Wolf thing. I'd heard about that at other shows. It's just ridiculous. YouTube are horrendous. They really are. I've seen so many uh, of my videos just drop in numbers and go up and go down. And it's like, I'm not having it that they're like, oh, these are not genuine views. I ain't watching my own content anymore because I was there when I did it in the first place. So I'm not sitting just spooling it. As far as I know, nobody else is doing it. So they're just they're just playing funny beggars. But the, this this will tie into the the topic. The topic will begin, and then hopefully, if we run out of steam on this topic, then we will find out bits and pieces that we've been watching. Um, <laughs> now you have no idea what the topic is. Nope, not at all. Because I'm, I'm, um, I'm a bit of a mean, a mean guy. That no, Nestle have been cancelling over the last week. Have they been cancelling chocolate bars? Caramac is gone. See, I was never a big fan of Caramac, but do you know uh, what? If people like Caramac, then have them. Uh, my yeah. life is not any worse off because the Caramac bar exists. I just don't don't eat them. Well, for me, it's a bit of an end of an era because uh, my nan, who sadly passed away just before uh, COVID, yeah. um, she used to buy me Caramac bars when I was a kid. Mm. And it was just a running thing with me and her. And then only... Um, probably just a few months ago, Addy came and uh, said, "Dad bought you uh, a Caramac bar. Um, thought you'd like it because uh, Nan used to yeah. buy them for you. So it's, it was just like it's just kind of brings back good memories, and and now they're gone. Do you think we've become?" two people who are like well it was better in my day <laughs> like, and you know what neither of us had like the most amazing childhoods in the history of childhoods but i'm kind of thinking maybe i have become yeah. one of those people in regard to a lot of things some of which i will be chatting about but i don't i'm sure the caramac bar you know extinction will be when nobody was buying them is that the thing uh, or something i suppose Has somebody um, been offended by a caramac bar at some point apparently sales had dropped because um dairy milk or something has come out with like a dairy milk caramel or something that's similar to the caramac and apparently some of the supermarkets are doing their own versions so um they weren't selling as many as they used to so do you not think they weren't selling as many as they used to because it's so bloody expensive for any sort of chocolate <laughs> now? Well, that that could be uh, could be the case as well. So yeah, and then a couple of days later, they announced that they were getting rid of um, the animal bars. You know, like the little <gasps> mini chocolate bars with the animal characters. On. I love those. I know. Are, wild, are they wildlife bars? That's them, isn't it? I think something like that. It? Yeah, they're amazing. Yep, gone bastards. <laughs> it's not life sucks <laughs> it's like hurry up and invent a time machine or something rob because we're seriously 
Uh, it's like when they changed Marathon and renamed it Snickers. Yeah, that was kind of weird. Or they changed Opal Fruits and made it Starbursts. Yep. You know, all that sort of (laughs) stuff. Do you ever get to the point, now? and I don't mean this to sound suicidal, but do you ever get to the point where you think, you know what, I'm kind of done, I've had enough now of, like, everything? (laughs) (laughs) Or is that just me? I know what you mean. It's just like, just... And it's like... So basically, the topic that I want to touch upon, it can be described in a single word, and I'll give a bit of a backstory as to what my view of the topic is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to say a little bit. It could well be a 20-minute rant, so you might want to get some lunch or something. I don't know, but <laughs> it, it's the word distraction. Okay. And the reason that this popped into my mind, this was originally going to be a solo podcast that I did. I was just going to put the headset on, just rant for like an hour and go, I'm sick of everything. Um but I think it fits in with a lot of the stuff that you have going on as well. Oh, yeah. So it's it, like, I think it fits in with a lot of the, th- of the things I've had going on since I was a kid. <laughs> exactly. But it's like, I mean, you've been podcasting a while now. You've not been podcasting yeah. as long as I have. This is the 699th episode, by the way. So the next one I do will be like 700 episodes. Am I going to do something special? Probably not. <laughs> Unlikely, but you never know. I don't know. I didn't do anything special for previous hundredth episodes, as far as I can remember. Maybe five hundred, but I can't remember. Um, but back in the day, so imagine you were podcasting like ten, fifteen years ago. Let's go for ten years ago. So we're doing mm-hmm. this, but it's it's ten years ago from now. So you would spend your week just watching stuff. You know, if you go back even further, you would watch something on television. Or you would go to the cinema, or you would watch it on video cassette slash DVD, mm-hmm. and you'd write it down in a piece of paper, and then you would put your headset on on a Sunday night, and you'd go, "This is what I watched." <laughs> uh, we had social media way back when, and we had uh, like Twitter and Facebook, and you would just check those two platforms, maybe Instagram. I don't know how long that, but who who checks their Instagram very often? I don't. <laughs> now it's ridiculous. Now, you've got Threads, Blue Sky, Mastodon, if you're on that, I'm not, X, all these different social media platforms. You've got God knows how many streaming platforms. So if you want to try and find a film that you think, oh, I want to watch Jurassic Park, good luck. Where's that? I don't know. Who knows? Uh, Could you tell me what platform that's probably on? I couldn't. (laughs) I have no idea. Maybe Peacock, but we don't have that in the UK, so that doesn't work. Uh, but so we would dig out a disc and we would watch it and so on. I just find that over the, just too many distractions nowadays. And is that the fault of all the different, all the distractions that are there? Possibly, but it's main, mainly our fault for falling into the trap and being, being distracted. I spent way too long faffing around with YouTube going to do this video and I'm going to do that video and I can't remember the last time you and I did a podcast where it was so what you've been watching because <laughs> it wasn't the apocalyptic one was designed to be a podcast but also to be a YouTube video yeah. and I spent a lot of time putting that together and that is still on the YouTube channel everything's still there um, and I just find myself getting distracted by everything therefore it ends up with me doing nothing Mm-hmm. And I know that you're the same because every time I speak to you, I'm like, what are you working on? And it's something else because you've got that many <laughs> plates spinning. 
And do you find that you're working on that many? I mean, you've got more patience than I have, to be fair, because you'll spend like three months working on something, but it'll get finished. And it'll be mm-hmm. like, da da. Uh, but how do you cope with your distractions? Um, sometimes I don't. <laughs> it pretty it much, gets yeah. to the point where you feel you have so much to do that you don't do anything. Yep. Um, you know, to, to the point where you don't even want to watch anything new on TV. You know, you dive in, you know, if you're me, it's a Saved by the Bell episode, Big Bang Theory, um, Beverly Hills 90210. Yep. You know, stuff from your life, um, you know, from, a, a, well, a, a former life that kind of, you know, made you happy. Yeah, you jump, um, you surround yourself with nostalgia, don't you? Yeah, and and again, perfectly on topic, it's distraction. You want to distract yourself away from life, life, yeah, <laughs> yeah everything def- that you've got going on. Definitely current life, mm. because it's just. I think it's ridiculous now, and it's. I, I'm sort of leaning towards switching off a lot of the distractions. I don't mean this podcast because this is pretty pretty much my only link to sanity, to be honest. <laughs> um, but not not feeling the need to, oh, my God, I need to get YouTube monetized. If I do some sort of video content that goes on YouTube, people watch it, then that's good. They watch it. They don't watch it, don't matter. I'm, I am, I'm done with pursuing that, oh, my God, I need to get monetized. I need to get monetized. I've got, I need a rest from that. Because I've been doing that for months, and mm-hmm. it's not got me anywhere at all. It's just got me massively stressed out with YouTube and the whole thing. Anyway, um, it's just insane. I just think there's way too many distractions. So, Addie came to me earlier, mm. and she says, "Okay, you want to earn some money? I'm sure we can come up with something." So, what we did was we went on to good old Google, mm-hmm. you know, teenagers. I think you're, you broke up twice uh, then. I don't know if you'd hit a cable or something there, Rob. Oh, you just, you just did it again then. I was telling me, let's try it again. Yep. Um, so side hustle for teenagers was the Google term. Okay. And I click on the first, well, one of the first links that looked, you know, half decent and the jobs it was telling my daughter to do podcasting. Okay. Start a blog. Okay. Um, and then start a YouTube channel, become an influencer. And I'm like, they're all computer based, aren't they? Yeah, but and but also I'm looking at it going, well, I've been doing this for years. What am I doing wrong? Then? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep, that's the thing, isn't it? It's like several of those things. It's like, yep, tried that, tried that, tried that. I've been podcasting for over a decade. I've not got a paycheck for it yet. <laughs> so it's like clearly we're doing something wrong. Yeah. And th- but I think maybe it is we, that we're doing something wrong because um, one of um, the articles I read, which again blogging featured heavily, was um, 
this blog you're reading right now um, earned me and my wife a wage, so this is all we do. And we managed to start monetizing it within two months of starting the blog. And what is the subject of the blog? Just um, how, how to make money with blogs? Possibly. Um, I didn't look that much into it, but the way they said um, they, get start, they got started out was um, putting all the, you know, you Google AdSense and that kind of stuff on it. Yeah. So, you know, if you absolutely cover your blog in a million and one adverts... And, we, and, and those, we've seen those websites. Yeah, and put those <laughs> adverts even between the text of your blog posts and all that kind of stuff to make them really distracting, Yeah, you can make some money. Do you know? But so, I know me and you both don't want to do that. No, it's like if you... If you, you know, you yourself were, so say there's a wrestling blog that you're interested in, you're interested in the whole wrestling world, so you go to this website each day to get your news. If you went to the website and it was that, and it was filled with ads, would you go back again? I wouldn't. If I went to a film yeah. website and it was just wall-to-wall -wall ads, it's like, I'm kind of good. I don't want, no, just let me go somewhere where I can get what I want and not have ads flying at my face all the time. But obviously people do. They do, don't they? And it's just, it's weird. Yeah, it's 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 a comfort zone thing that I don't really want to push myself out of. I don't want to force ads down people's throats. But if that's what makes money, then I don't know. It's one of the, I don't, what is, I don't know what the solution is. No. <laughs> I give up. <laughs> I give up. But yeah, I'm kind of done with YouTube. But um, so yeah, so is Addy looking to do some sort of side hustle at some point? Then she is, um, and we think we might have um, come up with the with the perfect solution for her because she enjoys um, obviously these games like Minecraft and that kind of stuff that are kind of creative building games. Yeah, and. Um, sites such as Fiverr and that kind of stuff. Um, there's people offering the services, so you go to them and you go, right, I'll pay you £10 and I want you to build me X. Okay. And, um, you know, some of these people doing it have made over £1,000 now because the good thing about Fiverr is you can see how many people's purchased uh, a gig. Also, Addy would be like a Minecraft architect and yeah. like, I'll build me a castle, so Addy go, all right, I'll just build yeah, a castle. Exactly. Okay, yep. that's a I'm crap at Minecraft. Otherwise, I'd do that. And 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 the thing is, it's something that she does currently, but she does it for herself. So, if somebody's going to come along and ask you to do exactly the same thing, but throw some money at you, then why not? Yeah, yeah, why not at all? So, what are we going to do though? That's the I question. don't know. What, <laughs> that's the question. The sad part, you know. <laughs> I, I reckon in a month's time, she'll be making more money than I am. Yeah, probably. Because <laughs> I listen to some podcasts and you're like, and obviously podcasts are all about taste, so you'll listen to some that you don't like, but doesn't necessarily mean they're a bad podcast. But I listen to some and you think, how are you making money? But they claim to be. It's just mm. it's weird. I don't, I do not get it. I think I'm just going through this disillusioned with everything phase. <laughs> Um, and you look around and you're like, everybody else is being successful and I'm not, which is not true. Not everybody is being successful. It's just the ones who are are shouting about it and therefore it makes you think everybody's being successful. But, um, I mean, yeah, I, if, I, finished, I, think... I finished my full-time job in it's six, 17th of June. 
I mm-hmm. still haven't got a clue what I'm going to do next. I haven't got a clue. And I, I had a meeting at a job centre last week and I went in. I had a couple of questions for him regarding doing online courses and stuff. I said, look, if I do some of these, it's going to penalise the the benefits slash welfare money that they get. Away. No, no, it's fine. I'm okay. Just wanted to ask. I was there for 20 minutes uh, meeting with this man who worked in the job centre and he did not ask me one question about jobs in the 20 minutes and it's his job to do so but he didn't ask anything it's just like mm-hmm. what use are you it's like i mean i'm sure you're the same but how annoyed do you get when you're sitting down with someone who's probably got about 10 the brain power you do and you're like why are you being paid and i'm not this is ridiculous mm-hmm. it's so infuriating <sighs> It's, it's what life has become. It's the same, though, how people are penalised not for, have, for having no qualifications. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. Um, I I remember when I first moved to Wales and I got made redundant from the job I'd got. And I was like, right, what, what can I do? Well, I'm pretty good at that social media lock. Hmm. Uh, you know, maybe there's some jobs in that. And uh, there was two jobs advertised at the time. I did get one of them. Um which is my current day job. Um, But the other one was on paper, at least far more appealing because it was a government based job. And uh, that was working for the student loans company, which is, is based just down the road here. Um, And you, you literally were doing social media posts. That's the, the whole job. Yeah. And, they turned me down because and didn't let me go any further because I didn't have a degree. Yep. <laughs> However, I'd been doing it for 20 years. Yep. And somebody with a degree might not have one bit of experience. No, but they've got a degree, so they'll get yep. the job over you. Yep, that's been a problem for many, many years, hasn't it? Yeah. But ridiculous. Then, then a friend of mine went and applied for a job at the same company and it it wasn't doing social media. It was just working in the company, but the same, same principle applied. You needed a degree and he had one. He had a degree in cooking. Okay. You know, which is, is, you know, not the product. No, it's not that job. No, it's not nothing to do with the role that you, or even the company that you work for. So he got, um, he got through, was able to properly apply, got the job. That's insane. Yeah, it's it's just it makes no sense, does it? No, I it mem- makes I, zero sense. I remember when I got um, my previous job, which was like six years ago or seven years ago, whatever, and I wasn't qualified to do it at all. I I didn't even know the name of the company before I went for the interview. I'm like, oh, that's who they are. And I managed to get through that role because luckily the person who was interviewing me was a film fan. Uh-huh. So when they go, oh, so what do you do in your spare time? Well, I'm on social media and I interview filmmakers and famous people. Oh, who have you met? And I just rattled off a name of people, you know, a few names. And they were like, oh, my God, that's amazing. I'm like, well, you know, just what. And they were, they were impressed by that, mm-hmm. which then got me the job, which was not connected with what I did but that was how I managed to get past that. But I, I also don't have any qualifications because I left school before I sat them. Not because I thought 
I don't want to do my exams just because life dealt me those cards. It mm-hmm. was a case of, right, you're going to move country now. Um, and I did. And then because schools in Scotland start a year earlier, I think, than England, when I moved to England, everybody was already doing their exams and English schools wouldn't put me in there because it'd be disruptive for everybody. And so I just never got any qualifications. You know, I've got mm. I've got a brain in my head, and I know you've got a brain in your head, but we just didn't go down that route where we have pieces of paper for degrees or I never went to uni or college or anything like that because, mm. you know, that's what life dictated. But I speak to some people who have got these things and I'm thinking I could just run rings around you. And I'm sure you're the same. Well, mm-hmm. You'll speak to some people who've got degrees. This is not, you know, downplaying anybody who's got a degree, but some people you speak to and you go, okay, you've got a degree and they couldn't even tell you where Argentina was. You know, that sort of thing. You're like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very it's very demoralising. I remember hearing of um, a, a daughter of uh, a family friend who had um, gone to uni, decided that uh, she wanted to do... Um, something in graphic design mm-hmm. so did a graphic design course finished uni applied for um a couple of jobs um including a web design job um which was more coding than design something that she hadn't been trained for yeah and she got the job and the starting wage was £4,000 more a year than I was on at that point, <laughs> and I've been doing it for 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> and she also got a company car. That's insane, isn't it? <laughs> it's just like... And that all comes down to which part of the country you're living in. And yeah, yeah, of course. just so happened to be, you know... Because I'll, I'll tell anybody thinking about moving to North Wales, if you want a job in computing, this is not the place to be. No. I think, I mean, I don't know what it's like in the US, but here in the UK, it's like if you live near London, then, you know, big salary. If mm. you live further up north, if you're in Manchester, I suppose, it's a reasonable salary, although not as big as London. If you're like one hour outside of any of these major cities, tiny salary. Mm-hmm. So it does, it massively varies where you live in the UK as to what salary you get. I'm guessing it that's probably the same in the US and other countries, but I don't know from experience or, mm. or Canada or whatever. I, I keep forgetting to mention Canada. Canada's I mean, I might just move to Canada. <laughs> it looks nicer. It sounds nicer. So good musicians up there, apparently. Mm. So, yeah. So, I mean, you're trying to work out what to do next as well. Uh, I am. I, well, how, how's the, how's that mission going? Well, a few weeks ago, I was ready just to give it all up. Yep. Yeah, yeah I remember. I remember. I remember that conversation actually. You know, I yep. was ready to go. Right, the company is no more. Right, the websites are shutting down. Yep. That is the end of that. Because so, why not? Because I wouldn't be any worse off. Do you not think? I mean, it's like. You know, I I don't. I mean, obviously, the things, some of the things that we do, we don't do because we want to make money. I certainly don't. You know, go to Grimfest and 
speak to filmmakers online and do interviews and stuff because, oh, I, I should get paid for this. It'd be great if I did, but I enjoy it because it's something I enjoy doing. Yeah. Um, I think if I decided, and I have done it in the past where I'm like, I'm just going to give up podcasting. I forget it. It's just that, you know, when you, you hit those sort of stress barriers, you're like, right, enough's enough now. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know you know what you mean because you were there a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I think I'd be lost. I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could just go, right, I'm stopping the podcast. I'm killing the website. I'm going to close my X account down in my Facebook. I, I think genuinely I would be lost. What about what yeah. about yourself? I mean, obviously, when you were thinking of doing it, you weren't thinking I'd be lost. But if you had gone through with it and closed down your creative side of things, how would you fill your time? Um, it's a good question. I think the problem is I I could easily fill my time if my pocket was filled as well yeah because obviously you know you can go on holiday and you can go on trips and you can go sightseeing across the uk you know when it comes to christmas time you can be doing um all these magical christmas fairs and german markets and all that kind of stuff yeah yeah but when you don't have much money that's when it becomes (laughs) more difficult so you end up sitting in the house and you know, you can't go out, not even, you know, for a drink at the local pub. And you're, you're maybe thinking, well, can I even switch on the heating? And, <laughs> yeah, you know, all all of that. So um, so in, in that respect, if, if you haven't necessarily got a lot, then it's good to have a website that you can update or a YouTube channel or a social media channel. Yeah, true. I think, I, yeah, I just, I don't, I think I would struggle. And again, we're not planning on killing podcasts or websites and stuff, but periodically you do sort of think, screw it, it's not worth the hassle. It's mm. really not. Um, ugh. Have you got too many things on the go at the minute that, that it is hindering you though? Because I would say I did maybe still do but i'm kind of getting a grip with some of them and scaling some of them back but certainly within the past month or so i'm like there's i'm just focusing on way too much and i'm mm-hmm. not getting anything done how do you feel about your current current circumstances with that yeah um completely the same i think i think the problem is um you you get to a point where you think something might be going really well. So uh, an example for you might be YouTube. <laughs> yeah. YouTube. Yeah. You're, you're, you're 50 subscribers away from being able to monetize. Yep. So you've got a goal and you know what? The other stuff can take a back burner because you're, you're about to break through. You're about to hit a point where every bit of content you put on that channel is potentially earning you some money. Yeah. Even if, like you say, that money is 10 pence. Yeah. It's still earning you something. It's my 10 pence. I earned that yeah. 10 pence. Yeah, yeah, that's the way I think about it. Um, so you kind of throw, like I say, you throw 
or you wait behind that one project. Your other stuff takes, uh, you know, goes on the back burner, so you don't do as many podcasts. You don't update your website as often, and then you reach the goal. You've done what you set out to do, and YouTube come along and say, "Nah, yeah, sorry." And I, th- I think that's that's one of the issues that me and you have had um, over kind of recent times you know we both seem to have had success with youtube on building you know a i think people would say a successful channel from pretty much nothing yeah, yeah, without having to kind of resort to the shady tactics that some do of <laughs> yeah. writing, um you know followers or anything like that yeah. you know everything kind of built with our own two hands and then realizing that we're going to get stuck at this hurdle of reusable content because we both work in an industry where um, we publicize others' works. So when yeah. you're publicizing others' works, um, you know, in, in my case, it was the professional wrestling side of things where, um, you know, I am happy to say that, you know, I am on the the press list of AEW uh I work with Fight TV on stuff so when you're doing that you get given access to things that yep. you can post but by posting them YouTube's going to turn around and say sorry duplicate content <laughs> it's like of course it's duplicate content it's yeah. not just unique is it that, I think that's what uh, enraged me more they were like oh no you're using stuff that's elsewhere well, yes, that's kind of most of the point of the channel are film trailers. Oh, you've not changed them. It's not my trailer. I can't go in and re-edit a trailer. It just, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it enraged me. But then I think how you deal with something like that is a, is a huge thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I fell over at the hurdle the first time. However, the second time, I think I'm dealing with this well, even though I'm ranting about it, is the first time they went, no, I'm like, okay, let me just waste even more time. Let me put even more time into this thing in the hope that the next decision will be a different decision. It's the old shame shame on me, you know, mm. fool, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me type thing. Um, and then I put a lot of work into it, like a, a six weeks or whatever, which then took me away from, as you'd mentioned, updating the website as much as I should, maybe doing online interviews with people mm. as much as I used to. Uh, I cut down on trailers because I thought I'm not putting those on the channel. It cut down on the podcasts that we were doing, audio ones, and then they still turned around and went, no. So that's when I decided, yeah, they could just bugger off, basically. I will still have a YouTube channel. I'll still put bits and pieces on it now and again, but um, I can't devote as much time to that as I was doing because especially when they're shaving numbers off the videos, it's like, you know what? You're a shady company. Whatever <laughs> you're doing, you can justify it all you want, but you're a shady company. Because the same thing will probably happen again in February. And then I'll have wasted about six months on it. And then it'll have taken me away from doing these audio podcasts, to which there's you know nearly 700 of these things. And these audio podcasts have got me further into the world that I want to be into. I'm not talking financially because they haven't, but they've got me to places like Grimfest, San Diego Comic-Con, you know, hanging around with with like yourself, basically. You know, mm-hmm. the sci-fi whales thing 
came from audio podcasts because that's how I met Fraser and Fraser met you and then Fraser introduced you to me and me to you and that's how we're doing this and so the audio <laughs> podcasts for me are they are fun I enjoy them and they're a damn sight easier to maintain than uh, than the YouTube thing I, I don't yeah. I don't get TalkShoe who is the hosting channel for these uh, the original audio files I don't get them going oh no you can't say that you can't do this you can't do that they're just they're happy you know, I'm hosting all my files and stuff on their site, and they're great. I think they do slap some adverts on the beginning of the podcast, so if anybody hears those, they're not ads I add. Uh, I don't make any money from those ads. That's clearly talks you do, which is why I don't have to pay for my hosting fees because there aren't any. So it's just, I, don't, I just, life needs to be easier, <laughs> I think, doesn't it? It really does for the pair of us. Yeah, and... Um but I think what we're talking about now is probably echoed through a lot of the population as well, especially yeah. uh, here in the UK. Times are tough for people. Yep. Um, and sadly, the big corporations who've got lots of money, yep. that you know, they could easily say to you, you know what, you are monetized. However, the trailers you upload, which we class as duplicate content, you are not allowed to monetize those. I'm fine with that. Yeah, and I think anybody would be. That was all but, I originally wanted, but the problem is YouTube don't allow you to have that dialogue with them. Yeah, but also, that would be... Um, if if YouTube did that, it just means that on the 70% 70 of videos that were unique, they'd have to stop paying you money. And they don't want to because they no, want to keep it for themselves. Yeah. And unfortunately, there are no, that I know of, uh, decent substitutes or alternates for YouTube. Yes, there's Vimeo, but you can only upload a certain amount of videos to Vimeo before your storage goes, and then you've got to pay to host mm -hmm. your videos. It's like, well, I don't make any money from the videos, so why am I don't have the outcome, the outgoings, to be able to pay Vimeo to host my things. So there's not that. So there isn't, there isn't any real substitute, is there? Nope. And again, though, this, this comes down to, I, I'm sure I read not too long ago um, about a lawsuit that was going through on Google themselves, um, kind of pushing out the competition by kind of altering what search results are shown when people are searching for certain things, which meant that no company could compete with them because... You know, if you are the de facto search engine that most people use, but you're searching for a competitor to them and they decide to bury those yep. in their search results, then what do you do to find them? It's crazy. I often say I love the internet, but I also hate it as well, in mm -hmm. sometimes equal amounts. <laughs> but it's just, I just think life was so much easier before it. Obviously, there's a lot of things that, you know, we love doing, like, like these, you know, mm -hmm. po podcasts and chatting with film stars you like watching the wrestling clips and all that sort of stuff but there's i just think i don't know i don't know what's what's going on i think the internet's just it, i think the toxic elements are increasing mm -hmm. as well obviously x and the whole elon musk thing and whatnot but you see i refuse to call it x to me it's mm. twitter i'm sorry of, i toy it depends what mood i'm in as to what i call it <laughs> so it's just like I don't know. I think. Do you think life is? 
because I mean, use I don't want to say suffer, but you suffer from bouts of uh, stress and anxiety and stuff like that, as do I yeah. do. So, mm-hmm. do you find that when you're going through that, for whatever reason has caused that, that you go right? I'm just staying offline. I'm not going to go on social media. I'm not going to do anything. And if you do do that, does it help? Um, how many hours have we got? <laughs> Um, for me, you see, this is a tricky one because, um, I am both disabled because I have suffered since, since I was 17, well, 16, I think it was, um, with a lot of bad back issues. Yep. Um, which means that kind of maybe five days out of the week, I'm not able to do what I want. You know, I I can't go out for a walk or, you know, go shopping, walking around shops or, or anything like that. And the, the two days maybe that I could go for a walk or look, look around a shop or whatever. If I'm out for, you know, probably more than 15 minutes, then I'm going to pay for it anyway in the next two weeks. I'm going to be in bed. Yeah. So I have that. And then obviously, um, you know, in, in recent years, I, you know, have been diagnosed with bad anxiety and, and suffer greatly with that, which is, um, kind of the, the back issues and kind of being stuck, not being able to do what you want to do kind of feeds into that as well. Um, for me, doing things like working on a website or coming on a podcast, it's a distraction Yep. and it helps me. If I hadn't got that, there is more time to kind of sit and dwell. And, um, for me, it makes it worse. Um, and again, but that's only when I can do it because, you know, they, as you know, there's times when you'll message me and say, are we all right to podcast? And I say, sorry, I can't. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that, that it all impacts you, um, kind of your mood and, and, you know, your, your well-being. But for me, it's, it's a good distraction it's how Star Trek was when I was in school and being bullied. Um, it was, it's my escape. It, it gives your mind something to do and focus on that isn't the real world and isn't kind of the bad. And how it's, yeah, definitely the real world. Sometimes you've got to hide from the real world. I think is I, how do you think the real world compares with the real world through the eyes of social media, though? Because it's like I find uh, you go online, and if you look at film critiques or what you know, critics or a lot of bullshit, um, these wannabe people that have like you know a blog with fifty followers or whatever, they I'm a film critic. No, you're a film person who talks about movies. There's a difference because uh, I am. That's why I am. I'm a film fan who likes to talk about movies. I'm not a film critic is you go online and you'll see, oh, we're all going to boycott this movie. They're, boycott this, boycott that. And then the film comes out and it makes a fortune. 
So you're like, mm-hmm. well, clearly all these people shouting and bleating and moaning about it online, they're not the full real world. They're just this little air pocket of keyboard warriors and stuff. Yeah. Um, do, you th- do you think the online world compares pretty close to the real world or do you think there's a massive difference? It's just a lot of people go online and they think that is the real world. Uh, I think there is a big difference. Um, I think it gives, I think online gives people a voice that they wouldn't have in real life. Um, and that can either be a voice for good or a voice for, for bad. So you take, um, kind of X, which is known now for its, um, trolls and kind of its, its bad elements. And there is your voice for bad, but take someone like me who because of everything that i went through uh kind of growing up and the bullying i was really kind of insecure and not confident so by sitting in front of my computer and and talking in a chat room i was able to um kind of talk to women for example and find my my wife yeah i developed confidence through a keyboard and also working in the video store, mm-hmm. I think I would put those down because I was like working in the video store. You're behind the counter. People come in. Generally, they're people you don't know too well, and they're chatting to you about a subject that you like, which is mm-hmm. movies. And you know, before you know it, you're able to just speak to strangers and stuff like that. And then it's probably similar with chat rooms and stuff, isn't it? You're typing away, people, because yeah. I think we are. Probably similar, uh, I'm going to presume here, we're, we're similar in our lack of confidence going way back because mm-hmm. we think that people will not want to talk to us for whatever reason. We're like, why would anybody yep. want to talk to me? Mm-hmm. They didn't at school, uh, or they did, but for the wrong reasons. Uh, so they didn't want to talk to me at school, so therefore I'm an adult, but it's still, you've, we've still got that insecurity thing in us whereas if you put a keyboard in front of us and nobody could see us mm-hmm. then we're we're still the same person but they don't see that person that we presume they wouldn't like yeah yeah very similar yes um and i think you know when when it comes to um the online world as well um you've also always got to take it with that pinch of salt because you know i i became very fascinated you know, 12 months ago and, and you know, as well, because I spoke to you a lot about it with, um, kind of how fake social media can be. Yeah. So, um, to, to give an example, um, there was a documentary where, um, you know, the, the person behind the documentary took several people off the streets who were, were nobodies basically. And, um, turn them into into influencers. Yeah. So the director had this small pool in the back of his um, yard, and he took one of them there. Um, she posed in a bikini as if she was at some big kind of um, pool in a nice posh uh, Hilton. Yeah, I'm at the Hilton yeah. Bermuda. Yes, exactly. It's like no, you're in Essex at the Premier Inn. Yeah. <laughs> and, and this is the thing. So I. I I, I was quite fascinated with this and, and being in North Wales, um, the land of kind of, uh, a million, um, waterfalls, I started having a look around and literally I can drive half an hour down the road yep. and 
you can go to a waterfall that looks pretty much identical to one that's in Bali. Yep. So take a few pictures, tell people where you are, i.e. Bali, not North Wales, and there you go. You Your fake uh, Instagram life has begun. It's bizarre, isn't it? And yeah, I mean, this, the documentary get- called Fake Famous, which is mm-hmm. definitely worth seeking out. Oh, yeah. It was two guys and one girl, I think, that were plucked out of just nowhere. And this guy was like, right, uh, this is like, it's a bit of like a reality show, but it was a one-off documentary. I'm going to turn all three of you into successful influencers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he did. Yeah. Um, but it was interesting to see how it affected the different. I mean, I think the girl just, she was well into it. She was like, she and did I think really she well. She carried on. She and- carried on. There was one guy, though, and I think he was the most interesting because he was like, I don't like it. And he sort of bailed, didn't he? He's mm-hmm. like, I can't deal with it. And he just was not a fan. I ended up sending that guy because he was on Instagram. And I ended up sending him a message not long after I'd watched the documentary. And he sent me a thank you message back and stuff. So I, I was just checking on him because like, he really wasn't enjoying himself. But I said, no. I just watched your documentary. Hope all's well with yourself now. He's like, fine, thank you very much. Thanks for the message sort of thing. But you do, I don't know whether you, I'm sure you do, but you can spot these fake ones a mile off. Um, yes and no. I'm not saying you could spot them all. But, you, yeah. but you, you know, when you see one, you're like, no chance. It's like there's mm-hmm. no way... On Tuesday, you're in Bermuda, and then on Wednesday, you're in Sydney, Australia. <laughs> it's like, I'm not having that. And you, but I think you know. if, if, you, um, if you plan it well, you know, it, and all you need is an Excel document, mm. um, I think it can very easily be done. Shall we become uh, influencers then, Rob? Well, to be fair, I am thinking about it. Are you are thinking about it? Yeah. Because <laughs> I think, I mean, I don't know where... Where you are currently on your mission of the what's next? <laughs> it's like I am so stuck. I genuinely don't know what's you know what I'm going to work on next. What you know? Where's my shot? <laughs> Where, mm-hmm. Why am I not in Hollywood? Um, I just yeah. I'm, and the thing is, I don't know how to come up with the answer of what's next. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's an odd one. That's so. That's where I'm I'm stuck at. I'm not quite sure which direction to head at, or more importantly, how to, where to find the answer about where to head next. Yeah. It's a tricky one because often you'll speak to people and you go, I just, I'm not quite sure what to do. And they'll just go, well, I'm sure you come up with something. Yeah. Go, okay. I get that answer, but that's not helpful. <laughs> it's not, that doesn't help me work the answer out. So how do we work out what's next? It's, I don't know. It's tough. I think, hmm. You know, my the reason I do everything that I do has always been because of money, but but kind of the chase of money doing something that I enjoy. Yeah, and and when I say chase of money, I've never kind of wanted. Um, just obscene amounts of cash and, you know, I, that kind of comes my way because I haven't worked hard for it. You know, I, I work very hard, same as you do. Yeah. Um, but when I was younger, it was, 
I want the money so I can buy lots of nice things. Now I want money just so I can look after my family and so make I can sure put that, the heating on. Yeah. And, <laughs> yep. and I, I have been so envious of people all my life who, you know, these people who are like, right. Um, you know, every year we go off to Disneyland for a week and then we do this and that. I'm like, I'd love to go on holiday every year, every yeah. year, yeah. you know, so many years of my life. I haven't been on holiday because there's no way I could have afforded it. See, I'm kind of, I'm, I don't, I don't want to say opposite, but I've never really given too much thought to money, which I know is a bad thing because you really should think about it. Um, I've never been stupidly rich, so it's not like, oh, I don't have to worry about money. But to me, a lot of the stuff I've done is so that when I'm old and grey or whatever, I could just sit there and go, yeah, I went to San Diego Comic Con. I've, I've, you know, I've touched the pyramids of Egypt. I've sat down with Mick Garris for like an hour and a half in total. I've, you know, I've done however many hundreds of podcasts. I've, I spent four years running, hosting all these panels at this convention in Wales. I've shot all this cool video. I've done photo shoots for people, and so it's like for me, it's building memories. I think. Mm -hmm. I just don't feel that I've done much of that in the past few years. And I think that's what bugs me is I'm, I'm missing my uh, spark. Well, I think maybe it's different for me because obviously I've got Addy. Yeah. Um, but the whole kind of chase of money is so I can build more memories with, with Addy like and Addy Nicole. and Nicole. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I'm not saying you need money to build memories because you it know, helps. It does help. Yeah, but it but it <laughs> yeah. does. Yeah, you it know, does, it does. how how nice would it be to say, Addy, we're taking you off to you? Uh, well, not Euro Disney anymore, Disneyland Paris, or yeah. You know, it it would build some great memories, um, and unfortunately, there because of my back issues again. There are a lot of times where I am confined to a bed, so it's hard to do anything. Yeah. Like, we we managed to go on holiday um, last year, and we went and had one of these log cabins in the middle of a, a forest, and I had a list of stuff I wanted to film because I like, kind of dabbling in uh you know videography yeah and even though we were there for five nights i wasn't able to film what i wanted because my body wouldn't allow it and that is so annoying um and you know it's it's the same with memories with with Addy or whatever if if I went and booked a holiday to Disney for a week I would be able to do little bits yeah. but the majority of the time I'd probably be stuck in the hotel yeah it's not going to be the the ultimate dream where you and Addy are running around Disneyland for no. several days doing every single ride and every roller coaster and all that sort of stuff like I, you know, I I even had it before we moved to North Wales, 
where we came for a holiday when Addy was um, a couple of years old and I was in that much pain. I couldn't move once we got here. I was stuck on um, on the bed in the hotel room and Nicole um, rang me up and said, um, I've just hired a mobility scooter for you. It's going to arrive at the hotel later today. And initially it was just this, Oh, people aren't going to believe that I need that and people are just going to give me weird looks and kind of all this self-consciousness but actually it did allow me to enjoy the time away and and make some memories because we got memories of uh, kind of me driving up the pier on this thing with Addy kind of standing um, just behind uh, the the handlebars you know what I mean kind of between my arms and yeah, we had some great fun, but you know, being able to do that requires money. There, are, you know, there are things that you know if if you want to go on holiday, you need money. If then you are somebody who maybe is stuck and very much immobile, you need more money because you know whether it be renting a mobility scooter or or whatever to get about and yeah. you know if if you don't have any of that then you are kind of stuck in the same rut and like i say that there are things that you can do you know we enjoy playing uh board games we've got a good selection of board games but it becomes very samey yeah. doing that whereas it's nice to go out on a day out do you think i mean it's like sort of talking about distraction which is the overall topic of it you think i remember as a kid um i mean i was probably as a teenager but i'd sit and you know me and my aunt would play monopoly or scrabble or whatever mm-hmm. and you can't really do that now because it's like oh my phone's just beeped like i need to check my email <laughs> so i've got to do this got to do that it's like you know annette will very very rarely sit down and watch a full film without checking on a phone to see what that person was in before, you know, how old this film is, how old that actor is now, are they still around? And it's, you know, as a kid, when we, when we were growing up, you didn't do that because you couldn't. No. So you'd watch a film and you'd be laser focused on the movie and you would finish the movie. And I think that's a lot of the reason people don't enjoy movies as much now. And by yeah. them, I mean the arseholes on social media that just seem to bitch about everything. Yeah, uh, because they're just we're just distracted and surrounded by distractions. Even going to the cinema, which I know is something you don't do as much as you used to, because obviously for various reasons. Um, but I used to go to the cinema, sit down, watch a film, stare at the screen, leave. But now, I I don't know whether the, the people follow me, but every screen that I go to, there's always some dickhead who decides I'm just going to take my phone out, mm-hmm. and you can try and focus on the screen all you want. I can spot a light going off in a, oh, yeah. in a corner of my eye and it's like, fuck it, what's that? <laughs> it, it really annoys me, which is why I don't go to cinemas often. But I just wish that all these distractions would piss off or people would stop being distracted by them, by the phones. Yeah, I think technology is a great thing, but unfortunately it's also ruined, well, especially for, I think for kids, you know, it, it's, it's ruined something about childhood. I mean, what differences, if you do notice any differences, because um, Addy's obviously, 
she's growing up in the technology world. And I know mm-hmm. you and I did grew up in some technology world, but not as much technology as there is now. Oh, no. How do you notice that she's doing with all this stuff? Well, I think with a lot of people, and, and you know, hands up, me included, um, YouTube becomes kind of a go-to for watching things. You can get sucked in, um, you know, and... I don't think there'll be a parent around who disagrees that um, children seem to watch YouTube far more than anything else. Yep. Um, And obviously it's not necessarily good stuff because, um, you know, the the stuff that's on there that's created by, um, by other creators, you know, you don't know what's in their mind when you're making that. Some of it is a bit ropey, isn't it? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. don't get me wrong, you know, I loved Button Moon as a kid, and now watching that as an adult, I realise that those people must have been smoking so many different drugs when they made that show. Yep. It's unbelievable. However, <laughs> you know, that's just a small part of it. You look at a lot of YouTube, and a lot of people are smoking drugs. Um, so, you know... I. I, I look at shows that I enjoy growing up and, you know, again, I'll go back to Saved by the Bell, which I mentioned once before on this sh- um, show today. Saved by the Bell has so many kind of good lessons it tries to teach. Apart from being kind of funny and wacky and and crazy, it, it does have, you know, these teachable moments. It, it tackles um, kind of fake ids it tackles drugs it you know it it tackles kind of um hard relationships you know first loves all that kind of stuff whereas the stuff kids are watching today on youtube isn't giving anything like that to you it's you know and and i think this is where um you know people are becoming kind of more withdrawn, more unable to function around others because the kind of the good examples that, you know, that you could have got from a TV show seem to be going out the window. And, you know, unfortunately a lot of parents don't set good, um, you know, a, a good bar for, for children either. No, they don't. They use and they obviously that's a sweeping generalization, but they they use the uh, like the mobile phones and the tablets mm-hmm. and stuff, but like digital dummies, you know, yeah. that pacifiers. I guess they call them in the US and probably Canada too. Hi, Chris. Um, they seem to use. I see that a lot. You know, yeah, you, kids like four or five years old, sometimes even younger, sitting in a prom staring at a, an iPhone. You're like, mm-hmm. no, it just makes me so sad. Yep. It's like, no, that is not gonna. No, <laughs> it really annoys me. <laughs> but also, I think going back to Saved by the Bell and stuff, when you were originally watching that, and when I was originally watching things like Grange Hill, mm-hmm. it was on a network TV channel, and generally there was a minimal amount of channels i guess in mm-hmm. the u.s and probably canada there was a lot of channels more than the uk but there was a minute you know a set amount of channels and people generally watched the programs like say by the bell and grange hill and stuff at the same time mm-hmm. as each other now that doesn't happen 
No. It's everybody's watching it different. So then nobody really has conversations about the programmes. Unless it's a major thing like Stranger Things or Game of Thrones or Walking Dead, which gets to go online and ruin it for everybody else. But I think just the whole the the BBC have started doing something here in the UK which I just I'm I'm mixed about it. So they'll they'll have like uh, a high-profile drama that is now beginning at nine o'clock on a Sunday night, and it's on every week for like three weeks or four weeks or however many episodes it is. But earlier than the premiere episode, the whole series is on iPlayer, so the catch-up mm-hmm. thing. So you could just go and watch the whole lot. And it was just like, so the Boiling Point is a good example. So Boiling Point, the movie came out, great film starring Stephen Graham. Then they decided we're going to make it into a TV show. So I thought, right, Sunday night for the next four weeks, I'm going to make it an event and I'm going to watch the episode. Each night it's on. Brilliant. Mm -hmm. And after the first one aired, people were already chatting about the second one, the third one and how it ended. And thus ruining the viewing experience for week two, week three, week four. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if I'm a fan of entire TV shows being... Dr- I get why it's great, because I know you love to binge stuff as well. Um, but I kind of miss the... the let's sit around the TV and watch this thing. Annette and I have got this thing now where it's usually on a Sunday for some crazy reason. It's not specifically chosen to be a Sunday, but it usually ends up work, working out to be a Sunday, where we will buy a TV magazine to see what's on for the following week. And then we will look to see what's on the, the network channels. And if there happens to be a movie on Sunday afternoon or whatever that we've not seen or we've not seen for a while, we sit down and we watch it. We don't pause it. We don't record it. We just sit down and watch it live, mm-hmm. so to speak. And earlier this afternoon, we both sat down and we watched Sinbad and the Eye of the Tiger from 1977, which wow. was on five action. I saw that cinema when I was a kid, when I was like seven, because um, it came out in 78. And we sat and we watched it. We didn't pause it. And every time there was an advert break, we'd run off and come back with a cup of tea or we'd go to the bathroom and come back or whatever it was. And I kind of miss that. I miss Mm -hmm. the, if you don't watch it, you miss it aspect rather than the streaming one. I'll just watch it later. I'll pause it, carry on, watch it tomorrow. So I think I'm starting to escape the real world more by heading back into nostalgia, just like you are going back Mm -hmm. to watch things like Saved by the Bell and and Beverly Hills 90210 and all that sort of stuff. But again, you know, you only have to look at my kind of favourite programmes, you, you Saved by the Bell, Beverly Hills 90210, just to realise that that is more than just it's kind of distraction. It is this pure escapism where I am watching kind of almost the early version of Instagram I am watching a perfect life <laughs> yeah. that isn't actually real. It's all made up yeah. and going, I wish that was my life. Yeah, I used to do the same with the John Hughes movies. I'm like, I wish that was my school life <laughs> with that cool soundtrack. <laughs> it never was. I don't know what mine was, but it certainly wasn't John Hughes movies. But uh, So what does Addy watch? Because I know she sits down and watches things with you, but are there any programs or movie things that she watches that are sort of solely hers, do you think? Um, I'm fascinated by how people grow up nowadays because it's like, again, it's jumping into somebody else's childhood, isn't it? Again, she watches a lot of YouTube. Yep. Um, 
kind of um, then stuff that will get her away from YouTube um, kind of historically has probably been Disney Channel related. Okay. Um, so starting with several different cartoons and that kind of stuff, but like kind of the latest stuff, which again is, is shows that she's been introduced by me um, is things like, did you ever remember um, Boy Meets World with Corey? I remember, I remember it being on, but it wasn't a program I watched, but I do remember it being on. Well, they very cleverly, because obviously Disney are very clever, um, <laughs> waited until the people who watched Boy Meets World probably had their own family and their own kids. And then they came out with Girl Meets World, which is Corey and Topanga from the first show that they've got together. They've then got, they've had a girl and it's exactly the same format, but from the girl's point of view. Um, fantastic show. Again, it's actually got morals in there that kids can learn from. Um, so much so, I actually wrote an article on uh, That's Pop Culture about it, on how parents should sit down and watch Girl Meets World okay. with their kids. Um, and so um, she, she watches that she'll kind of give up YouTube and, and put that on from time to time. Um, recently she's been watching the very wholesome TV, um, that is, um, Gordon's kitchen nightmares. <laughs> Including the swear words. Oh yeah. How do you feel about that? Obviously she goes to school, so she's probably heard these words, but you know, exactly. <laughs> you know, that the, the rule is yes, you might hear these words, but, you don't repeat them. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, which, you know, she, she's been very good with. Um, and I think, you know, when you're, you're in high school anyway, which she is now, you are hearing that stuff all the time because people think it makes them sound big or, or whatever. So, yeah. um, you know, when why try and hide a tv program that has swear words when you she hears them all at school anyway yeah so it's like yeah you can hear them just don't repeat them <laughs> yeah <laughs> or you so, will get traded in <laughs> but the thing is it is entertaining to watch gordon ramsay shout at someone but if the swear words weren't there it wouldn't be you, you're not watching it for the swear words you're watching it because it's fun to watch him shout at someone yeah which then obviously he will swear but you're also watching it just to see how disgusting it is and you know how he turns things around for him and and all that kind of stuff so um that, see that's a weird program though because it's we you're, you know and i've seen it i've sat watched it and been a little mm -hmm. bit fascinated by it but if you break it down, we are watching a program because we enjoy watching him abuse other people. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, if you think about it like that, it's kind of wrong, but, but, you know, but it's again, what we do. This, the, her uh, kind of finding um, Gordon Ramsay has come from YouTube because on YouTube, she watched um, this channel called Uncle Roger. Yep. I don't know if you've heard of it. No, I haven't. Um, but it's um, uh, a guy who kind of watches um, people cook Chinese food. And he will kind of either rip them to bits or say, you know, they've done really well there. So 
uh, one of the videos he watches Jamie Oliver and Jamie Oliver is making the fried rice and he's putting chili jam in it. And this guy is saying, you know, um, the, you know, you may think that sounds great, Jamie, but all I hear is my ancestors crying. Oh no! You know, and that kind of stuff. And then he watches Gordon Ramsay make a, a fried rice, and kind of it's thumbs up all the way. He was really impressed with it. And um, then he's watched a few things of Gordon Ramsay. Then Gordon Ramsay, obviously with social media, has given this guy a challenge himself um, because. You know, Gordon Ramsay is quite happy to um, chat with somebody who's got eight, eight and a half million followers because obviously it gives him a, another yeah. platform. Um, so from doing that, Addy has been exposed to Gordon Ramsay. And then she's um, went out and, and saw some Gordon Ramsay programs and come across Kitchen Nightmares. Yeah. I remember um, watching, what the hell did I watch? I can't remember. I watched something. And I heard a Rob Zombie track on it. And I'm like, I quite like that song. So I mm -hmm. then went out. And then since then, I have most of Rob Zombie's albums. So it's quite nice when you discover something and it sends you down a big wormhole. And yeah. then you end up finding something that then becomes part of your life, so to speak. So obviously with Addy, it's Gordon Ramsay. With me, it's Rob Zombie music. Well, I remember at high school, I heard a happy hardcore track. Um, that somebody had got on a Walkman or whatever it may be. And um, I was hooped. I would wake up in the morning when my alarm went off to get ready for school. Yeah. And I would, whilst I was getting ready, play happy hardcore music on my hi-fi. And that would set me up enough to get through the day at school. Nice. Yep. I often use music to... Uh to get me going and just mm -hmm. sort of charge me up for the rest of the day. It's like yeah. not so much now, but I used to, you know, Again, it's like, right. More, more distraction yeah, for me, of happy hardcore or, or quite often, um, uh, a good song by meatloaf. Yes. I've seen meatloaf live. He's very good. So I am very jealous. He's very jealous. I arranged for Annette's daughter to go meet meatloaf in London mm -hmm. A few years ago, it cost me a lot of money, but because it was like one of these, <laughs> it was one of these platinum passes, mm -hmm. uh, because she was a huge Meatloaf fan, like you know, you to Star Trek, her mm -hmm. to Meatloaf type level, and uh, it cost me a few hundred quid, but it was, yeah, it was, it was nice to do a nice thing mm -hmm. for somebody at the time. But so, when was the last time you did something that was that just truly geeked you out? Hmm, good question. I think, well, I'll let you ponder on that. I think for me, probably, I wasn't sure of my answer, but then whilst I was asking the question, I remember what it was. It's probably sitting down with Mick Garris and meeting Mick Garris, I think, would probably be my my most recent one, I think. Previous to that, it would have been going on tour with Rhapsody of Fire and Neil Johnson and filming three rock gigs, which was something that <laughs> I, I would never have figured I would ever, ever do because it's not something I ever pursued and it's not something I could have thought I would have done, but I did, and it was ace. Um, for me, um, I think, and, and it, it wasn't a complete and utter geek out, but it was close. Um, it was when I sat down and watched um, your interview with Alan Fletcher, which is Carl Kennedy yeah. from Neighbours, yeah. and... 
you were kind of mentioned me in passing by you know saying that i was going to go back and and watch neighbors from episode one again <laughs> and yeah. um you know uh alan fletcher was like oh good on you you know and uh gave me the the thumbs up seal of approval i'm like yeah that is cool he spoke but, to you through me does yeah. yeah but i think the real in in recent memory, what really stands out is, um, and this was before COVID, I was out shopping, uh, you know, back in the day that I used to do that, um, and I was in Tesco and I had a phone call. And it was somebody called Stuart Bannerman. Okay, I know this person, I believe. <laughs> and you said something along the lines of, oh, have you been on uh, Twitter recently? And I was like, no. It's a bit odd, isn't it? So you get a phone call asking if you've been on, been on Twitter. Why? And you're like, oh, no real reason. Just, uh, just next time you go on, let me know. So <laughs> you get off the phone, and as anyone would do, you grab your phone and you're like, right, Twitter, load it up. But obviously North Wales doesn't, isn't necessarily known for its phone signal. So I'm walking around (laughs) the supermarket trying to find a good signal so I can, um, get onto Twitter. And when I got onto Twitter, um, you had managed to get Tony Todd to give me a shout out on Twitter. (laughs) Yeah, I did. And I, I was walking around this, this store with this just huge grin on my face and you know i remember kind of like you walk up to nicole and went, oh my god what what tony todd he has sent me a message on twitter who's tony todd oh <gasps> she said who's you, tony you know todd? that kind of oh my god stuff, you know, divorce papers it is, but it's one of those things where it means so much to you but mm. to others they're like eh. <laughs> but yeah that that was a pretty good uh good moment I think Obviously, I, th- I, I could I could also say, um, you know, the the time I hit Captain Kirk's Twitter, uh, <laughs> yeah, Twitter feed, oh, no. and um, kind of what's the word? Kind of Disag- um, disagreed about certain things. Well, well <laughs> to not, put it lightly. <laughs> well, well, yes, but um, kind of took the higher road when um i could have really shot him down because he tried to shoot me down publicly on twitter yeah and actually he was wrong and i was right and i actually had full documented proof that i was right and i could have shot captain kirk down how how do you feel about captain kirk now i think it's a tosser Right, so the reason I asked, and that was probably the answer I thought you were going to give, but I wasn't sure, but is I've never had that issue. I mean, I've met people that I've quite liked on film and TV that have turned out to be dickheads, mm-hmm. but I can't even imagine what it'd be like if I wake up tomorrow and I go online and have a conversation with like Oliver Stone or Mick Garris or somebody, and then I come away from it going, dick. That would break my heart. Yeah. <laughs> I, so. I can't imagine what it's it like did. to... Yeah. And, and I think even if I was the one in the wrong, which 
Like you I say, weren't. I wasn't. <laughs> no, you weren't. No. But even if I was, to be such a vindictive shit as to go on Twitter in front of your millions of followers yeah. and try and publicly shame someone yeah. just shows the kind of character he is. Yep. And, and, <laughs> and to be fair, you dig back into it and see what his co-stars thought of him. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. they thought he was a dick too, so I'm in good company. Yeah, exactly. It's like you and various other people that were in the Star Trek world. So you're part of the the Federation now, aren't you? (laughs) But no, I can't remember. I've never really had that issue. And I'm quite glad I haven't, because I don't know how I would. Uh, I mean, it's bad enough when, you know, for example, like William Friedkin, who directed The Exorcist, uh, he passed away. And I'm like, shit, because you look at his Twitter thing and he's following a small amount of people and mm-hmm. one of them's me. And we'd like, you know, he'd liked my tweets and stuff and then he's no longer with us. And you're like, no, that, I mean, that's bad enough. That, that sucks. Um, but to sort of fall out with somebody, you know, uh, <laughs> I always think. Especially when I was trying to do him a favour. Yeah, well, exactly. Which you were trying to do him a favour, but he just got the answer wrong and then tried to, say you were wrong which you weren't but it always makes me sad when uh i remember when oliver stone followed me the first thing i did was screen grab it because i thought at some point for whatever reason he will unfollow me mm-hmm. not necessarily because of anything i've said or not, but just you know he's following like 400 people why am i one of them i don't i don't know why probably because I, I like his stuff and I talk nice about him and I retweet his things and stuff and he knows I'm a fan of his. But at some point, if he's only following 400 people, it's I'm probably going to get unfollowed at some point. And I, and I kind of realised that. And it would still make me so sad <laughs> if I wake up one morning. <laughs> I'm kind of glad that we don't have that who unfollowed me page that we used to be able to do. Mm-hmm. on Twitter because I used to check it and periodically I would see people that I'd got on with for years like you know actors and stuff who were following a small amount of people and one of them is me and then they've unfollowed me for no reason you never know you never know what reason they unfollow you because they never tell you they just unfollow you it's so annoying uh, I think if you unfollow somebody tell them go by the way I'm unfollowing you because you're a dick bye <laughs> then, at least you know <laughs> it's it's the not knowing that's uh, that's torture crazy but it's like the thing with tony todd that you'd mentioned before it's like i love doing stuff like that and i've you know if i could do something i put a smile on somebody else's face by doing something like that it's great but i've just been so distracted by shit like youtube (laughs) and things and tiktok and all that sort of faff that i'm kind of miss and i also think because there's so many different social media platforms that not everybody's in one place now you know, I look at some of the movie stars that I speak to periodically and I look at their Twitter account and they've not tweeted for like six months. And you're like, where have you gone? Mm. Which one of you are? I don't know. Maybe it's Instagram. And I'll look at people who have followed me and who I follow on Twitter and we've got along well and blah, blah, blah. And you look at them on Instagram and you go, I wonder if they follow me on there as well. No, they're not. And you're like, why not? Why, why do you follow me on one place, but not on another? That's, mm-hmm. that's one of the social media puzzles that I just, I can't quite get my head around. I, I think um, I had that disappointment during the, uh, the sci-fi whales years um, because unlike I think everyone else on my team, 
I'd got that much to do that social media was something that, you know, just just wasn't even on my radar, other than obviously the official accounts. Yeah. So, you know, other people who were on my team, such as yourself, um, you know, you might get, I don't know, uh, Virginia Hay coming along to uh, the convention. Yeah. And so, after the event, you reach out on um, Twitter, Facebook, whatever it may be. Yeah. And, and nine times out of ten, they would kind of accept a friend request, follow you back. Yeah. And pretty much to this day, those people continue to follow you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, I was running, like, say, the, the official one with, with help from yourself. But, you know, a personal um, account was just non-existent for me. And then um, Sci-Fi Wales stopped. And during the pandemic and everything, it was like, you know what? It'd be nice to have my own personal uh, social channel. And so I'd set it up. And then these people who come to Sci-Fi Wales, I'd follow them or friend request and nine times out of ten no follow or no friend request it's like why i mean a lot of the time i think it's because the person running that account isn't the person Mm -hmm. Um, and i'm probably i'm pretty sure that's a small amount of those but you can usually tell those you can spot a mile off because it'll be like say for example the 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 famous person is called dave then they tweet going, hey, Dave's going to be here this weekend. You're like, well, if you were Dave, you wouldn't word it like that. So you see a lot of that on Facebook. Um, and I think Twitter, they just sort of hide it a little bit better. But the, the, so there is possibly that element. But it also makes you sad, doesn't it? You're like, yeah. hang on a minute. It's crazy. So, and, then, and then especially, like I say, and, you know, not so much yourself, but, you know, other people who were just like helping out on the day for sci-fi whales, you know, who I'm obviously friends with on Facebook and that kind of stuff. You look at their accounts and they're interacting with these people because again, they saw them the, on day the, on the actual they day. They saw them and said, hi, I was uh, such and such for sci-fi whales. And they were, Oh yes, we'll follow you back. And then uh, there's poor old Rob here going, well, a couple of years ago you met me and, now I've got <laughs> Cause, an account. Well, that, yeah, because you weren't, I mean, you were at the event and I was looking at video of you at the event the other day, so you were definitely there, but mm. you were that busy running around mm. making sure everybody else was able to do their thing that it didn't look like you were the face of Sci-Fi Wales, even though no. you were the face of Sci-Fi Wales. So it was, um, yeah, I, think, I remember speaking with the Soska sisters at Grimfest and I was just over the moon to have been, you know, sitting down chatting with their mm-hmm. crazy souls that they are. And then I got home and like the day after they were following me and I'm like, that is amazing. This is why I do what I do. This is it. This is the reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet there are some people who I've seen on a number of occasions, like Robert Llewellyn, it's like never had a follow. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like, nope. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's an odd world. But I was digging through because I spoke to Fraser uh, a couple of times over the past week or so, he and I haven't chatted voice to voice. We obviously swapped Facebook messages and tweets and stuff before he bailed Twitter and joined the very quiet, lonely blue sky. Um, and so he was saying that he was trying to boost his YouTube channel. And so I'm sure I've got some footage of you from the first sci-fi whale. So let me go, 
let me just dig down into this external hard drive and see what wonders I can find. <laughs> I found so much. I was in a real nostalgia kick this week, and you know, you're on it. So I took, I think, about half an hour worth of raw footage just shot on the floor of the Sci-Fi Wales 2015 event. I put all that together and uploaded that to YouTube, and Fraser was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. So he loved that. You were in there. Addy was in there. I think she's right at the beginning. I don't know how old she is, but she's like tiny. Yes. Tiny. So she's in there. So I'm like, right, that's that clip done. Let me see what else I've got. I found the complete panel of Cops and Monsters from 2015 with Caitlin Blackwood and, and Sarah Madison and all them in there. I pieced that together, uploaded that, sent Fraser the link. He's like, oh my God. And then I found from the night before Sci-Fi Wales, because you'd put on the pre-event party. Mm-hmm. And this is this was where my memory got a little bit fuzzy, because <laughs> I don't know if you've watched that clip, but I did. I, I I did record an intro to that, just explaining it. And it was, I remember sitting down at the table at the event, and I was a bag of nerves because it's like I knew the day after I was going to be doing back to back panels with like people from Star Wars and Red Dwarf and Doctor Who, and there was there was going to be not a lot of time between these panels, and there was going to be an audience there and everything. People were going to be listening to whatever stuff I hadn't even decided what I was going to say yet. <laughs> so I'd, I'd drunk like one vodka and orange. I'm like, right, Virginia Hay was going to be there, and I'd heard, oh my god, she's hard work, because Virginia Hay. Oh, watch for her, she's hard work. She's like, people I'd spoke to are like, oh Virginia, oh she's hard work. Turns out she wasn't. She was like one of the loveliest people ever. But I yeah. was, but I was nervous because I'm like, oh god, Virginia Hay is going to be. Here. And um, I remember sitting at a table with Fraser and then somebody, and I don't know if it was you or I, I genuinely cannot remember, but somebody walked over to the table and went, is Des ready? And Fraser's like, what do you mean is Des ready? Or Des is going to get up and do like a, like a stand-up routine, right? When? Or now? What do you mean now? <laughs> Fraser's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So Fraser's looking at me and I'm like, I ain't got a clue what you're about. I'm just sitting here talking to you, Fraser. Oh, no, no, Des, who's in Cups and Monsters, he's, he's, he's supposed to be getting up, doing a thing. I'm like, well, Des doesn't know. I have email confirmation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, and fr so Fraser's like, well, Des doesn't know. And Fraser's like, well, well I, this is the first I've heard about it. I'm like, well, what, what we're going to do? And then somehow I ended up going, I'll do something. <laughs> Probably the vodka and orange kicking in, to be fair. And so I got up on the floor with this microphone and just started doing like I'm doing now, just talking for the sake of talking. And then Des got up and he joined in. And then eventually I sat down and Des carried on. And so I'd found the whole video of this. I'm going to call it a stand-up routine. I'd find a whole video of the stand-up routine. I'm like, oh, my God, I, I remembered it existed, but I hadn't seen it <laughs> since 2015, so I edited it. And at the time when I was living through this thing, I remember Fraser called, sort of going, right, partway through it, going, right, enough now, let Des carry on. And I'm like, okay. And then I sat down. However, looking at the video, it makes me look awkward because it, 
you know when you look at somebody like how could you not realize that you weren't supposed to do what you were doing <laughs> you were supposed to just get up and introduce des i don't know if that's what i was supposed to do because i don't remember anybody saying that to me at the time but watching this video back it kind of makes me look like hmm maybe that's what i should have done but i didn't i just hung around and we just had this double act for about 15 minutes before i sat down and let des carry on but i put that video on youtube with a newly recorded intro of look I can't remember who said what, but this is how I remember it eight years ago. So I'm just going to play the video. <laughs> so it's just, and Nicole's in that as well. And I think you're there and I embarrass you by giving you a shout out going, yes, it's Rob Dyer that's done the whole thing. Um, so yeah, the nostalgia keeps us warm, I think, doesn't it? Oh yeah. So it's, um, and I was then going through some of the subsequent years 2016 2017 2018 and i didn't have any floor footage from those years <laughs> it's just panels because i think in those years i was just in the panel room mm-hmm. whereas year one i'm like i can do everything i can do this <laughs> there's a really funny clip on if you watch the raw footage of the 2015 thing where i'm filming uh, mg harris mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, jamie anderson's there and they're doing the book launch and they've got these cupcakes Right, so I'm standing in front of them going, looks like something's going on, so I'm just going to film it. And then MG looks over at me and she's like, you're the panel host, aren't you? I'm like, yes. She went, do you want to say something now about this book launch? I'm like, um, <laughs> I can do. And then you can hear this on the video. I hand the camera to Annette and she's like, what, 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 what are you doing? I said, can you just film this? She's like, why are you not doing it? I went, oh. Apparently, I'm introducing a book launch. <laughs> and you can hear this on the on the uh, the video. It's very funny because <laughs> I had no clue I was supposed to be introducing a book launch, but it's oh, it was it was wonderful going back watching some of that footage. So uh, as much as I hate YouTube, I like the fact that those videos are on there for you to have a look at because you didn't see a lot of that first year, no, at all. So there'll, there'll be a lot of stuff. I didn't see watched. a lot of most years, to be no. fair. So you can at least see all the panels because they're all on the old YouTube. Plus, I'll be getting you copies of them at some point anyway. But it was uh, it was interesting to go back and watch the raw footage of the first year. Um, I even found a couple of short clips where one of them was me walking around the panel room the night before. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to be in here tomorrow. Look at all these chairs. What am I going to say? And it's only about a minute or so long, this clip, but it's like, it's it's a memory. So we've talked about making memories and stuff. And for me, that's why I do half the stuff I do. You know, it's like doing all the panels at Sci-Fi Wales is so that in years to come, I can go, I remember the time I made the Red Dwarf cast wait for me to finish before they could go on stage. <laughs> and that's on video too. It's amazing. Um, or I get to sit on stage with Virginia Hay and just chat to her or, you know, have an argument with a Dalek and all that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. So uh, I'd, I'd like to do it for a living, but I'm glad I've done it, even if it isn't for a living. Mm-hmm. So what are you working on then? What are you, what is going to be your focus for the remainder of the year? Because we're now nearly mid-November somehow. Um, good question. It is. A very good question. Um. <laughs> I've I've got some uh, updates to uh, that's pop culture, and uh, the the rest of my website that 
I would like to get online before the new year. Which one? Which is your focus, though? Your main website? If, the, if there was only one that you could launch before the end of the year, which one wins? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, probably that's pop culture. That's pop culture, yeah. Just because it's 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 a more broader topic. It It has sci-fi within there. But there is also other stuff in there as well. It's got everything in there. Yeah. Exactly. So just like I said to Neil Johnson, you've got to get Chrononaut out. Mm-hmm. However, he's uh we won't talk about that, Neil Johnson. And then do a press release and do a press release and then and then get let out me there. have it. Exactly. So I think yeah, I think we we're obviously focusing on a creative side of thing. I'll tell you something cool I did do at the end of October was I sat in on a band camp listening uh, band camp yeah it was a band camp listening party okay now band camp is a music website so you can go on there and you can listen to people's music and you can buy the digital albums and all that sort of stuff so NRX wonderful shout out to Chris again uh, he was launching his latest EP so mm-hmm. the, the Beast's Understanding of Death so it's a nice Christmassy title I feel yeah. Yeah. Nice, nice, cheerful title that one, Chris. <laughs> so he was—he'd launched the EP, and I'd—I'd I'd got it. I think the day before, so I think I'd got it on the thirtieth. So I'd listened to it a couple of times, but then he'd sent out this invite thing for a listening party. I've never done a listening party on Bandcamp, so I'm like, let me just see what a listening party is. I've done Twitter watch parties. I mean, we've mm-hmm. done one of those, but uh, but I've never done a Bandcamp one. And pretty much what it is is you go onto Bandcamp. And a chat box is there. And then Chris was in the chat room and just there were a few people there and we're all just firing questions at him going, where'd you come up with this title? How long's it take to write? What instrument do you do first? And it's fascinating. And it was, you know, and whilst you're doing that, obviously the album uh, or the EP in this case is playing through your speakers and stuff. So I had a good old, that was probably about as social as I've been for quite a while. <laughs> so it was it was quite good. So I'm hoping, Chris, that you do a, a launch party, a listening party every time you do an EP, because that was fun. So his partner Lydia was in there. Uh she's got her own podcast called Dead Air, which is not connected with the Dead Air that we're familiar with, Rob. But mm-hmm. uh, but that's a good podcast if you've not listened to that one. And no. uh the mighty John Fouts and Jake Allman finally recorded a new episode of Waxing Cinematic, which I, oh, I can't remember the last one they recorded, but it wouldn't surprise me if it was pre-pandemic. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's just say they've had a rather extended vacation from the waxing cinematic ones. And so I've been sitting down listening to their podcasts and stuff. But I'm going to try and move a lot of the distractions, yes, YouTube, out of the way a little bit and just get back to doing cool things like getting Tony Todd to give you a shout out. Um running um my own little you know social media thing so i'm going to focus on twitter slash x mm-hmm. and facebook um and then i just need to i'm thinking of signing up for a couple of free courses just to try and get my brain back into learning mode again but i, I continue to search for what the hell do i do next which, to be fair, I should have really worked that out because I finished work about six months ago or five months ago. So I should really be 
kind of on the right road to doing something next. I just want to do, I'm a bit like you. I want to do something that I enjoy, that I'm good at, that is fun. Exciting is optional. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't want it to be mind-numbingly dull. So that rules out the job that I had and, you know, maybe the one that you've got mm-hmm. um, and just stuff like that. So, And then we've obviously got in probably five weeks or so, We've got our end of the year podcasts, Ooh. which are always fun. I don't know if you keep lists of bests and worsts or whether you're just going to have to trawl through your entire list of things you've watched this year to, to create them. But mine's up to date. So mine's mine looking, is not. Mine's looking good. How it, right? So we're going to end on a high because we've had a lot of rants and stuff on this. But however, we have made it um, entertaining. I hope. Entertaining rants are always a good thing. So you watched The Mighty Oppenheimer. I did. What did you think of Oppenheimer? Talk to me about that. Well, I don't think it's an upbeat uh, movie. (laughs) No, it's not. It's it's not not one of those you come out of and you go, I'll watch that again tomorrow. (laughs) No, no, it's not. Um... To be fair, I didn't know the the story of Oppenheimer before going in. Obviously, I knew who he was. Yeah. But that was about it. I didn't know kind of the um kind of how they cry, tried to discredit him and all that kind of stuff. Um and I just kind of looked at it and thought, you know, it's sad because this has happened in so many um kind of levels to so many people over the years yeah um you know that somebody who's done so much good for a country they just then, t- they turn on them don't they yeah exactly um it's absolutely awful um and again that it just seems to be how how things are in the world. Um, I remember, um, what was the, um, oh, what was the, um, movie name, um, for the Alan Turing movie? The imitation game. That's the one. Yeah. Again, I knew who he was. I knew a bit of the story, but I watched that, and again, at the end of it, they just are absolutely awful to this person. Isn't it also the Tom Hanks film, Sully? Yeah. Where they're like, yeah. you know, I get that you saved all these people, but we're going to try and nail you. We're going to get it. And it's the same with the Denzel Washington film, Flight. We're like, look, we get that you saved everybody, but, you know, it shows here you had a drink, so we're going to try and nail you to the cross. It's like, really? Come on, for God's sake. Just mm-hmm. <laughs> madness. And to me, I look at it and I think, you know what? That is, that is the world we live in, Twitty. Yeah. It's, it's. Let's not celebrate the good. Let's just try and, you know, get one up on people or, or kind of nail people for, for whatever selfish little reason. I think it's a case, and I, I don't know who originally said this, but it's like people love to build people up just so they can tear them down. And I mm. think that 
you know, it, it's a shame to see that that was going on way back when, because up now yeah. I was obviously in the 40s and stuff. Uh, nowadays, we're very familiar with it. You know, a celebrity says one wrong thing, and next thing you know, the Twitterati are just destroying their career, and mm-hmm. uh, and everybody's running for the hills sort of things. But uh, I think with Oppenheimer, it's like I knew the film was coming out, mm-hmm. and then I started to hear how long the film was. So it's three hours, and I'm thinking, how are they going to make a film that is three hours long? We know the bomb goes off twice mm-hmm. we're probably not going to see that although we might but how are they going to fill up the rest of this running time there's not so i was sort of struggling thinking there's not enough story to fill three hours however i was wrong but that was my thing going into oppenheimer mm. uh you know i looked at it and i thought you know what this is it, I'm going to come out of this with a, a better understanding of this guy because obviously with it being so long they're going to have to kind of go through a lot of um, a lot of things and and yeah that's you know I did and it I feel for the guy not only you know for getting kind of crucified um, for for being him but also imagine being put in that situation where you're creating such a powerful weapon, knowing that it's probably going to be used and cause so much devastation. But actually, if you don't do it, somebody else is going to do it anyway and possibly use it against your country or. That was the one thing I took away from the film, because obviously going into a film like Oppenheim, you're like, how can I sympathize with a guy that helped invent nuclear bombs? This is going to be a struggle. But then there is one bit of dialogue where he says look we have to do it because if Mm -hmm. we don't the other guys are going to do it and they'll have it so that's why we need to beat them to to the finish line i'm like now i understand and that part alone made the whole thing make more sense Mm -hmm. to me um how did you do with keeping up with the timelines because obviously it's like three different uh, timeline, so it's obviously past, present, and uh, yeah, current or whatever it is. But um, I, I, I think at times I didn't, but it, it in the grand scheme of things, it didn't really matter. Um, you know the the whole kind of obviously you know when it changes because you've got your black and white and your yeah. color elements and that kind of stuff but um there, there were times where i was looking at it going so which one is supposed to be filmed when yeah um, true. yeah but, but yeah ultimately kind of it all kind of comes together and you kind of work it all out anyway um but yeah, so it, it didn't bother me. Um, like I say, I, I just spent my time watching that movie just going, I just can't believe people. <laughs> I give up on humanity. I'm yeah, done. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's a film. I came out of it thinking that was amazing. I absolutely love the music score, which mm-hmm. I've, I was listening to before I actually saw the film. And I've, you know, I was most recently listening to the score a couple of days back, so I love the music. Uh, I don't think it's a film that I would rewatch often, though. No. And that's not to take anything away from the film. It's just like, look, it's three hours worth of dialogue. It tells a story. I now know the story. So I don't know if it's one that I would go out and go, I need to have the Blu-ray. 
Um, I might get the Blu-ray though because apparently the Blu-ray has like three hours worth of making of stuff on it and you're like, I want to watch that. Mm-hmm. So I may pick it up for that alone. But with regards to a film itself, it's not one that I'm going to go, oh, do you know what? I need to rewatch Oppenheimer. <laughs> no, it doesn't have enough fluffy bits for me, unfortunately. No. Beautifully shot though. It's really oh, yeah. well put together. The cast's amazing. Um. Yeah, so it currently does sit, I think, in my top ten of the year, but I think maybe the other nine films in there are probably more likely to get rewatched mm-hmm. more than Oppenheimer, just because of the sort of film that Oppenheimer is. But it's made a fortune, which I didn't think it would. It's, it's nine hundred something million, so it's wow. done quite well for itself. It's not took out Barbie, but you know. So, <laughs> so do you think, just to sort of round up, do you think Oppenheimer? maybe in your favourite films of the year or are there a lot more ahead than that? Um, no, I don't think it's going to be there, unfortunately. Oh, no. Nothing wrong with the film. Yep, it's just you've seen a lot better ones this year. Well, it's 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 the subject matter again. It could, It's the same as the Steve Jobs movie. Yeah. You know, when it boiled down to it, I just couldn't get over <laughs> it being a Steve Jobs movie. The movie itself was fantastic, shot very well, written extremely well. Um, but at the end of the day, it's a Steve Jobs. It's still movie. about a guy you don't like. Yeah, and <laughs> and not. I'm not saying I don't like Oppenheimer. Yeah. But again, it's a tragic story. Yeah. You know everything about it tragic. You know what I mean? The the you know the the kind of arms race during a world war and. You know, and then having to drop the bombs in the first place and all that. It's just all tragic. Yeah, and then is. what happened to the person who actually, you know, did it for for the country and everything? You know, well, we'll, we'll get now him. come after you, yeah. They try and get him. <laughs> so, you know, it, nothing against the movie, but I, I just... One of, the re, one of the ways I used to look at kind of my top list is, um, you know, how many times have I watched something or how many times am I likely to watch something? Yeah. And if it's got that kind of um, kind of longevity where you can keep going back to it, then it gets more points. Yeah. And unfortunately, the movies that do that are the fluffy movies. It's similar to me. It's like, you know, we did our top 100 mm-hmm. uh, last year, which I'm near enough my 150 now I'm, I'm expanding the list but there is a reason that schindler's list isn't in the top 150 and mm-hmm. uh, if we were doing a list of the best films you know that we think are the best movies rather than our favorite movies then yeah. maybe schindler's list and oppenheimer might be in there but the, yeah we're not going to go but you know what i'll get get the popcorn Gonna watch Oppenheimer again. It's not that sort of movie at all. It's like when I finally sat down and watched uh, 9/11. Yeah. You know, fantastic movie. You know, stars one of my. Was this uh, Nick Nicholas Cage's yeah, Nick World, Cage. World Trade Center? Yeah. 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 Um, you know, stars one of my favorite actors of all time. But I'm never gonna place it in a top 10 because it's just so tragic. No, it is, it is grim. I mean, obviously it's meant to be grim. It's yeah. not meant to be a laugh out loud movie or whatever, but no, it's, uh, yeah, it's not one you're going to read. I have seen that a couple of times because I'm, I'm a big Oliver Stone fan and stuff, but, uh, 
but yeah, it's not one I'm like, oh, do you know what? I need cheering up. Let's put on World Trade Center, Oppenheimer, and Schindler's List. Mm. No, not one, not one of those. <laughs> <laughs> so, are we going to have any tasks for next year? Obviously, <laughs> we, we did like the top hundred. So maybe have a think of that. I can't think of any at the minute, but maybe there's something we need to do. Um, I don't know, like geek. I remember me, you, and Bob tried to do this points thing where we did geek things, and I think Bob just never did any. Um, and people listening to this podcast in the past hundred episodes will go, "Who's Bob?" <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't, I don't hear from Bob anymore. And uh, so we tried that; that didn't work. We did our top maybe, hundred. Maybe we which should was try good. like a blagging task. We've spoken about um, kind of um, being fake influencers. Yep. Maybe we should um, blag ourselves into an event with our own free table um, (laughs) because of um, our very successful podcast. That would work. I did blag myself into San Diego Comic Con, I suppose. So maybe I win. <laughs> but that, yeah, that's not a current one. Well, but I'm, uh... but I'm, I'm not saying um, it's a, a, a me versus you kind of thing. Yeah, just, just uh, shits and what, giggles. <laughs> just, yeah, just what, for a what laugh. is what is the the biggest event we can get ourselves into under the from page to screen <laughs> podcast banner? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Can we afford to go to any events anymore? I can't afford the train fares. <laughs> no, but this is the thing, you know. We they're letting us in. That's we'll true. get a table and we'll sit down and uh, we we can sign uh, photos for people. That would work. I was the the eighteenth stormtrooper in Attack of the Clones. No, yep. that, no, that one, not that one. The other one. Yeah, that's me I, I with the gun in my hand. Um, Jar Jar Binks standing. I've seen that. I've actually seen um, like C-3PO standing in such and yeah. such, and you're like, I ain't getting there. I mean, I'm not getting their autograph. I'm good. I Who's that? Who signed that one? That was C-3PO standing. <laughs> good for you. No, 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 thank you. Um, but have, So have you, a final question, have you added any geek items lately? I don't think I have, to be honest. Um... <laughs> I really haven't. It's been a bad year for that. Bad later half, anyway. No. Nope. We're pathetic, Rob. I think that's... Maybe I should call that episode... Rather than fuck YouTube, I'll just say Rob and Stuart decide they're yeah. both pathetic when it comes to geekdom. <laughs> if you want to listen to this two-hour uh, podcast and feel depressed at the end, then really <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Maybe I'll call it It's Cheerier Than Oppenheimer just yeah. <laughs> possibly so what are you uh what are you up to for the rest of the night then other than taking antidepressants after uh list- I, I think this has been a fun episode to be fair i know we've had a rant and we've had a bit of a whinge and stuff but <laughs> I, I don't feel depressed at the end of having a conversation with you um I, you know what i think i'm gonna go on the good old youtube you know that, that thing <laughs> that we've been bitching and, about yeah um and I'm I'm gonna watch um, one of my favourites, DJ Audit, have an <laughs> argument with someone about how he can take a drone over their business. Yeah, I'm just gonna go on YouTube. I'm gonna go on Twitter and just argue with YouTube again. No, I'm I'm done with them. I'm gonna uh, get this edited and put online on the Monday so that people have got something to listen to. I've um, I've actually dug out a whole bunch of my physical media and put them on a 
big old bookshelf in the hallway. So I'm just going to go through that and, uh, and see what films I can just start watching. So cool. I need to watch some fun stuff. So, um, but yeah, we've had a little bit of a longer podcast because it's basically we've not done one for a few weeks with you and I. Nope. Um, we've barely covered anything we've watched, but that's fine. It's all right. We've we've had a good old winch. We've had a bit of therapy, mm-hmm. um, and it's not been on video. So, and uh, tune into the next uh, podcast for when we talk about some of the stuff we watched. Because I will tell you one of the films that is going to make it into my top ten list. Oh, I really want to know what that is now. But you're going to make tease me, and I'll find <laughs> it out next time. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Well, I'm going to concentrate on watching lots and lots of stuff this week so that when we do come back in the next episode, then it will be a get your pens ready because we're going to fire some recommendations and stuff at you. So, mm-hmm. But I think Rob and I just needed to get stuff out of our system and have a good old vent and a rant and stuff like that. So. I'm going to go and uh, watch some YouTube and uh, write my own competitor uh scripts to them uh, answers on a postcard of what we should call it and we'll just we'll just bury them hell yeah let's go for it all right rob well you take care thanks for uh doing a slightly longer episode than normal i've <laughs> enjoyed welcome. it all right and i'll chat to you soon sounds good okay. take care you too bye 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 Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.